That was the scene in California's Mojave Desert five years ago. Our historic first view of the newcomer's ship. Theirs was a slave ship carrying a quarter million beings bred to adapt and labor in any environment. But they've washed ashore on Earth with no way to get back to where they came from. And in the last five years, the newcomers have become the latest addition to the population of Los Angeles. Hello, and welcome to the Alien Nation, the Newcomers podcast. I'm your host, Michael, and joining me today is my brother and fellow co-host, Kenny. Hey, guys. Today, we're going to be discussing from Season 1, Episode 8, Contact. It was directed by John McPherson. It was written by Joe Manowski, and it originally aired on November 6, 1989. Um, I guess I had on a little hot. <laughs> a small bit of Ken doll. A what? Ken doll, you know, Barbie's boyfriend. Dark hair, snappy dresser, kind of stiff. Never mind. Uh, you got some advantages coming from another planet. Your head isn't crammed with cultural trivia. I don't know, sometimes I wish it was. Make me feel more like I belonged. All right, let me give you the episode summary. Professor Tower of the Interplanetary Institute is murdered before he can announce the discovery of a probe-slash-radio source at the outskirts of the galaxy. George and Sykes' suspect is an overseer who intends to send a signal to that probe informing his people that the slaves have survived and that there are four billion more potential slaves on this planet in the form of humans. Earlier in the story, Sykes receives a trunk from his late uncle containing a variety of personal mementos that touch his heart and allow him to open up a bit more to Kathy. Meanwhile, George and Susan agree to have another child, this one to be the first Earthborn. Morning, Al. George. I told the lawyers I didn't want this. This key came with it. Swell. Matt, Jack Sykes. Was he your father? You've been reading my mail, George? No, he was my uncle. Well, allow me to offer you my condolences. Save it. Here we got a sign to a murder case out of Caltech. Matt, aren't you, aren't you going to open it? Albert, don't you have some wastebaskets to empty? The victim had some newcomer connections, right? Yes, uh, Professor Charles Tower, an astronomer. He was uh, in the first group of non-military personnel to visit our quarantine camp. What did he do in Alaska? But he's from Caltech. No, I meant your uncle. I don't know. He ran a fishing boat or something. Now, who'd want to kill him? Your uncle was murdered. Professor Tower! Who'd want to off him? Certainly not a newcomer. He did more than anyone to try to find out where we came from. Aren't you even the least bit curious? No. Well, let's get out to Caltech before the ME leaves. Oh, Matt, it would only take a minute to open it. George, I hadn't seen Uncle Jack in 20 years. I never missed him. I never thought about him. And I sure as hell don't need whatever's in that trunk. And now for our stars, we have Terry Trias as Kathy Frankel. We have Eric Pierpoint as Detective George Francisco. Jeff Doucette as Burns. Michelle Scarabelli as Susan Francisco. Gary Graham as Detective Matt Sykes. Love him. <laughs> Laura Woodland as the adorable Emily Francisco. She is adorable, folks. <laughs> Sean Six as Buck Francisco. And one of my favorite, Jeff Marcus as Albert Einstein. For our guest cast, we have quite a bit here. We have Joel Polis, who plays Carl Peterson. We have Annabella Gurich as Marissa Myers. Jeffrey Josephson as Sergius. Stuart Fratkin as Bob. 
Kurt Lowens as concierge. John Apiciella as Jerry Bilak. Michael Paul Chain as Mr. Kim. Donald Houghton as Professor Tower. Alexis Arquette as John Barrymore. And Vincent Leher as Dr. Morales. That's our space telescope. The shuttle put it in orbit back in 1991. You see, it has a radio telescope that picks up frequencies from all over the universe. But it also has a powerful optical telescope. And being in space, its vision isn't obscured by the Earth's atmosphere. That's how we get all these pictures. They're beautiful. Matt, do you see? Yeah, real nice. Star map coming off the plotter. That is what you mentioned. What was Tower working on? I don't know. I fed his coordinates into the telescope and set up the computer to receive the data. But he did the rest. Dr. Tower never let me look at his maps. Is there any way we can find out what he was working on? I believe you'll need a subpoena. Yeah, we'll get it. Plus a consultant to go over the data with you. No offense, that's a standard procedure. If you remember anything or just need to get in touch, let's hit it, George. Wait. Could I take a look? It's magnificent. The telescope converts what it sees into a video signal, then it beams it down here. Matt, you've got to see this. I've seen it. Look, George, we're on the company clock. Just a little longer. We don't really need to look at the stars for our research. The data is much more useful plotted on paper or, or manipulated as numbers in a computer. But astronomers have always gazed into the sky. I suppose it's just something we need. All right, let's go ahead and discuss this episode. I have no idea where to start, so I'm going to let you go ahead and... All right, well, first let me just say I love this episode. Oh, here we go again. <laughs> like the previous episode, I was And just... the previous one before that. This is like a reoccurring factor. I love it. And one, let me just tell you, I, could, I love this episode. I could... As soon as it ended, I was like, I, like, I love this one better than the other one. And I said, I really like that one. I don't know. There's just something. It was very heartwarming, and it moved me, and it made, brought me to tears in some of the scenes. And you know, something that's that I've seen so many times that can still do that after watching it over and over again is just good stuff. It's a great series. It's just that's plain and simple. Mm-hmm. If it's able to move you still, even though you know it's ha- I knew exactly what was happening, but the acting and the the writing and everything the story. is so good. Yes, I agree. But let's go ahead and start. We'll try to start at the beginning. This is kind of an odd kind of story. What's the beginning? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, let's, I'll just go through the basis of what was going on. They find a radio signal from deep space. Right. Where, the, where they're thinking that the alien ship came from, that the newcomer ship came from. So we're automatically assuming it must be more of them. Uh, but, you know, good, bad, we don't know. We just know it's more of them. Now, there's this overseer who is uh, trying to get in contact with them. And he's mean looking too. Yeah, yeah. all the overseers. All the overseers are mean, just big, just rude, looking, yeah. mean looking. Yeah. Even the female ones, man. She yeah. was, gosh, she was just evil looking. Yeah. But um, he is trying to get a message out, uh, as Michael mentioned in the episode summary. You know, 250 slaves waiting, we are ready to go, and an additional 4 billion uh, slaves, meaning mm, the human race. Human race. Yeah. Kiranka. We survive. A cargo of 250,000 awaits your arrival. Plus an additional 4 billion more. And it's followed by a set of celestial coordinates. Coordinates? Earth coordinates. Matt, it's what I thought. That probe, they're trying to contact that probe. 4 billion more slaves? The entire planet? 
So he wanted to send that message out. Um, so it's, it's pretty much this. The episode is is really them trying to figure out what's going on. Well, even in the the people in the kind of the laboratory, whatever you want to call it. Um, they're like, well, we're not sure what it is, but it, it's it's coming from the same signal you guys are on, and yeah. you know, same path. And I'm like. Of course you know what it is. You know, it's them looking for them, I, we think. Yeah, you know, yeah. And that's what we think. And even George touches that. He's like, yeah. He's like, uh, I don't Yeah, because they want just, to contact yeah, it. Because I guess it's like two days, it'll be uh, out from a moon so they can get a signal to it. You know, and after that, it'll be gone. It'll be for out good. of range. Yeah, right. so they can't contact it. Um, and George is even saying, don't do George this. George is like, no, don't do this because, you know, we have no idea if they're good we or bad. We understand what you want to do, but yeah, don't do it's this. It's not good. Right. It's not good. These are copies of Tower's star maps. Duplicates of the ones we suspect are missing. I couldn't believe it when I saw it. There it is. The object discovered by Professor Tower. An intelligent radio source on the edge of our solar system headed back into deep space. Maybe an unmanned probe. Who's unmanned probe? It's certainly not one of ours. It's not from this planet. We cross-referenced every comet, satellite, meteor. We know the trajectory your ship must have taken before it crashed. We matched it with this object. We believe it's coming from the same direction that your people were headed. What's it doing? Where's it going? It just went behind the sun. It'll reemerge mid-morning two days from now, but it'll be much further away. It'll only be in range for a couple of hours before we lose it again for good. We'll be tracking it with the rest of the world, trying to make contact. I'm going to notify everyone, all the major observatories. Wait. I don't think you should do that. Why? You are a scientist. I understand. But consider the consequences if it came from the same planet that enslaved my people. They lost valuable property, 250,000 slaves. What if they are looking for that property? What if that thing was sent out to find us? We don't know that. It might not have anything to do with you. But doesn't it make sense? The exact same trajectory as our ship. We can't afford to take that chance. There's something else. This thing, whatever it is, it's probably what got Tower killed. And then, of course, we find out because the overseer wants her to send that message, and we find out exactly. So it obviously is an overseer ship. Bad, bad, bad. Yeah, it's all bad. And uh, unfortunately, they kill the guy, the bad overseer guy, but he manages to send the signal four minutes, four seconds. seconds. Yeah, four seconds before the ship cleared the sun. Yeah. So, did the ship get the message? Did the ship not get the message? You'll have to stay tuned and find out. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I liked it too, because I think that actual ship, I don't know if it it was, they had slaves on it, because I think it was in in the same path as the other ship. Mm -hmm. So maybe it is another overseer with more slaves going to that destination. We don't know. They don't know if it's a probe looking for the ship that crashed. You know, I mean, it has only been five years. Right. Who's to say what it was? We, you know, we don't know at the at this moment in time. Well, we would like your thoughts on it, so uh, please uh, feel free to let us know. No, but we do know. No, I know, but I know, but we, yeah, we, but know. we don't know. Uh, yeah. Uh, the other uh, the other story was uh, Matt getting a trunk from his favorite uncle Jack. What is that? It's for Matt. August Peltier, attorney at law, Anchorage, Alaska, the state of Captain Jack Sykes. Matthew must have inherited this. 
which is it sounds like a pirate every time I think. Of Jack. <laughs> even, even Albert goes, "Was he a pirate?" You yeah. Know? So yeah. Sergeant, your uncle, Captain Sykes, was he a pirate? Pirate? Yeah. I've been reading this very interesting book, uh, Pirates of the South Seas. Did you know that they buried their treasures in trunks? There is no treasure in my uncle's trunk. You opened it. No, I didn't open it. But then, how do you know? <sighs> well, yeah, but what's funny is because, you know, Matt is really distancing himself from his family. Let me tell you about my past, George. I come from this long line of drunken, wife-beating mix. My old man was the champ. The only one who was any different was my Uncle Jack. He was a, a sailor, a real stargazing poet. I lived with him for a while, and it was great. Like you, George, he just loved to look up at the sky. Got me hooked in it, too. And then one day, suddenly, I'm 13 years old, and Jack ships off on a tanker, and that was it. Back to good old dad. Okay? Right. So he really wants nothing to do with this trunk. And he's bitter against his uncle because he left him when he was 13 to, mm-hmm. to travel the world. Well, his, he said like his family line of all drunks yes. and abusive wife beaters is what he called yeah. them. And his uncle Jack was different. The only decent one. Right. So he hung out with him until he turned 13. Yeah. And then Uncle Jack, you know, was a sailor, so he sailed away, so he never forgave he him never for that. He never forgave him for it. And Uncle Jack passed and left him this trunk. Yes, and he won't open it. With mementos And every it. single newcomer on that show, from Albert to George to Kathy, are all super curious. Are you going like, to open it? open it? Did you open it yet? <laughs> What's in it? Well, you know, aren't you curious? And, he, and Matt wants nothing to do with it. At all. At all. Matt, aren't you, aren't you going to open it? Aren't you even the least bit curious? No. Oh, Matt, it would only take a minute to open it. What's in it? I, I don't know. Aren't you going to open it? What is with you people? Were you bred to be nosy? I'm sorry. I guess it's none of my beeswax. And then there's this one scene where he is, uh, uh, Kathy invites him to one of her parties. Yes. It's like a mixed, which is kind of funny because, you know, there's humans there with tattoo uh, yeah, spots, on, spots their head. on their head. Kind yeah. of different. Yeah. They're, you know, I'm, I'm not judgmental on anybody, but they were. Some very out there people. Um, right. Yeah. It's like walking, going down to Venice and seeing <laughs> yeah. some weird. It's just kind of like that, people. It's just a little bizarre. Right. Matt. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad you came. Me too. I really want you to feel at home. Come and meet some of my guests. Jerry? Kathy! <laughs> Jovine. Well, what do you think? I like it. Really? Do you really? Yes, yes, I like it. Jerry, I'd like you to meet my neighbor. This is Matt. How you doing? This is my friend John. Uh, John's a composer. This is one of his pieces. Isn't he brilliant? Boad. <laughs> he calls me Boad. It's uh, a newcomer name. It means valiant. I love the sound. Boad. Don't you adore these people? They came with nothing. Nothing. They can appreciate a sunset, a flower, and they are Unbelievably sensual. Oh, there's Bill Shakespeare. Excuse me. So Matt, you know, after oh, that's right. We mentioned. See, there's so many things happening in this episode. It's hard. There's a lot of uh, racial stuff in this. Oh yeah. From the coroner, who's an Asian coroner, who's bigoted against. Yeah, he's all. He won't talk. George would ask questions. He wouldn't answer, and then Matt would have to repeat the question, and he would answer Matt. Hi, I'm Sykes. My partner Francisco. What do we got? 
Blunt force trauma to the top of the cranium, split the skull wide open, pushing the bone into the frontal lobes of the brain. When did he die? Time of death? Between 10 and midnight. Where was he when it happened? Is there a problem here? Where was he? Standing directly in front of his desk. There's blood splattered on top of it. Look, uh, if you're some kind of purist or something, that's your business. But you better keep it at home, because I don't like it in my face. I am what I am. A human being who believes in maintaining the integrity of our planet. And, you know, and the people with this planetary exploration, I, I didn't realize till towards the end that they are trying to get the newcomers off our planet. Yes. That's what they're there for. Well, they're, they're all Puritans. Right. They're purists. They're purists, yeah. So they're, Puritans. they're, they're, uh, I didn't, you know, it didn't click in until I'm like, oh my gosh, they're, they're trying to get the newcomers off the planet. So, yeah. Another thing again. That's why they teamed up with the overseer, right? To, to get, get them off. To get them off. Not not knowing that they want to enslave four billion yeah, humans. Yeah. Not also. knowing that they were going so. to be included in the deal. Right. Well, that's <laughs> what you get for playing with overseers and making deals with overseers. Yeah, right. You know. Yeah. Especially this guy. I'm telling you, just scary looking, man. <laughs> yeah. I would have walked away. But again, another racial a racial thing happens when they go to this exclusive club. And they find out that, you know, it's a shirt and tie. And George is dressed in a suit. He's always dressed in a suit. And Matt is dressed um, not in a suit. So they wound up saying, I'm sorry, sir. And Matt's like, okay, there's no problem. I'll, I'll go, go wait in the, the car. car. Yep. And they're like, no, 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 sir. And they explain how it's, you know, Well, they don't really human. explain it. No, just, but you know it's you know humans it only. Right. No newcomers. And Matt flips out. Excuse me. I'm meeting yes. with Professor Peterson. Has he come in yet? I, I believe the professor's upstairs in the smoking Come, George. Carl's already upstairs. Uh, just a moment, please. Are you friends of the professor? Old friends. Dear friends. I think I'd better call up and tell him you're here. Is there a problem? I'm sorry, gentlemen, but we have a dress code. Oh, of course, I understand. How <laughs> tacky. I'll wait outside, George. I'm afraid not. You must understand, this is a private club. Matt, <laughs> you mean this is a restricted club? No newcomers? Matt. No, 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 no. I understand. I couldn't agree more. You know, who knows what kind of disease these slags carry, huh? The things they eat. I hope you uh, don't let any wops in either. Any spicks, any heaps. <clears throat> Keep up the good work. <clears throat> this is another good thing about Matt. He's always defending And this George. is the second time he defended. This is, yeah, like I said, the first time the, was the first guy, time, yeah. and this time it was with the concierge. And he grabs a pot of water, cold water, and, and pours it down, it down the guy's pants. pants. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and this leads to one of my most favorite scenes in this episode. <laughs> you I'm, know I where I'm know, going. I already know where it's going. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> it's when George is saying, you know, two wrongs don't make a right, or he, as he says it, two rights don't make a wrong. Well, Matt's but, saying, why don't you stick up for yourself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something. just defend yourself. Right. And, you know, he's like, you know, they're not worth it to me. And then Matt's like, well, I'll remember that next time I make a Spongehead joke, or, you know. And, and George just turns out, and the music, of course, swells, and it's such a very <laughs> sweet thing. And he says, you know what? Um, I, I, I get on you because you're better than that and you're worth it. Yeah. Corner, this guy, you let these jerks walk all over you. It's not important. 
do you realize the head of a space advocacy group belongs to a newcomer restricted club? You just stood there. There is no sense in getting upset with stupid people. It is a waste of energy, and you just reduce yourself to their level. Yeah, I'll remember that next time you jump down my throat for telling a spudge head joke. I am harder on you, not because you are particularly smart, but because I am forced to associate with you on a daily basis. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Matt, you are better than they are. You're worth it. Hey, just a sec. Hello, this is Kathy Frankel. I'm unable to take your call. Please leave a message at the sound of the beep. Hi, uh, Kathy. Uh, Sykes. Uh, I really hate these things. Uh, look, uh... Uh, I'll come to party tonight, okay? And I'm like, oh, and that that goes to that point where yes. you stand at the party. He calls yes. Kathy. He now. calls Kathy up, and because before he's like, oh, I'll try to make it. I'll see how the day goes. But then he realizes, you know, that he really should. He see, really likes Kathy. And George kind of touched him. Yes, you know, touched his heart right there. Yes, it's like, yeah. All right, that, that Matt is worth it, and he is worth it. So, so, I mean, that was, that was a cool It thing. was a great moment between those two. I can tell you my favorite part of the show. Okay, let me finish this really quick. Okay. And then he right. can tell me okay. my favorite part. Right. Okay, go ahead. So, yeah, so he does call Kathy and winds up going to the party with Kathy. And, uh, of course, it's a fiasco because, you know, they're all cop haters there. And what do you do, Matt? I'm a cop. Oh. Nice talking to you, too. Matt, you have to understand, some newcomers resent the police. And with good reason. You know what happened to Tony's brother? The guy's a brilliant nephrologist, right? He's making a house call in Bel Air. These two cops pull him over. Want to know how come a slag is driving a Porsche? Well, he tells them they have no right to question him. Well, the fascist turts beat him with their flashlights and arrested him. Fascist turts. Matt, why don't we get you something to no, eat? No, 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 no. I'd like to hear more about these fascist turks. Just because a tank Denise has a nice car. Well, hey, let me take this opportunity as a fascist turk to apologize on behalf of the entire Los Angeles Police Department. Matt, it's I also okay. want to tell you about a couple of friends of mine. Hey, listen, man, it's not... They stopped a BMW once for a minor traffic violation. You know what happened to them? The newcomer inside took out a shotgun and blew their faces off. Thank you for making this a truly unforgettable evening. Well, it's just, yeah, they're Turks. Even, yeah. even a human even a human, Yeah. And Matt just... It's, and, you know, and, and Kathy gets upset, and I was mad at her for doing that because I'm like, he is in the right. Yeah. He had three people all. attack him, boom, 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 right in a row. Yes. You know? And, of course, of course she comes later and apologizes, uh, not only for being, you know, mad at him for no reason, but for the fact that she, you know, he was her human. She used him. Yes. Hello. Hi. I'd like to talk to you. Maybe this isn't a good time. No, no, no. It's okay. Come on in. I'd like to apologize for last night. Oh, no, no. I was the one out of control. Runs in the family. Oh, no, you were right to be angry. I should have never had this party. I don't even like those people. I, I guess I was just trying to fit in. It was very stupid. 
The worst thing. I used you. Me? Oh, yeah. Well, I did kind of feel on display. Kathy's human date. I'm sorry. She was the human boyfriend, or the human date. The human date, which he didn't yeah. even know. He thought she's he like, I don't even party. like half those people. You know, it's like, I don't even shouldn't have the party. She was just trying to fit in. Um, but anyways, go back and go ahead and talk about your favorite. So scene. my favorite part of this this episode was the trunk. Um, you see Albert walk in with it, Albert mm-hmm. Einstein. Oh, and he's I carrying it no yeah. problem, right? And then you get to you see in the hallway, and Kathy and Matt are carrying it. You will come, won't you, Matt? What? To my party tomorrow night. Can we talk about it? Or... Of course. Are you all right? Yeah, I'm fine. Look, I can get this myself. Oh no, it's okay. No problem. Is Jack psyched your father? Uh, my uncle was my uncle. He died. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's okay. It's okay. Look, I can, uh, I can handle it myself. Oh, no, no, no problem. I can I'll just get this inside. I mean, Matt's struggling. Oh, yeah. And Kathy, Kathy has a bag, has of groceries. bag of groceries in one arm and holding it and walking. And, and, and Matt's like, she's just talking he's away. He's struggling real bad. And then they drop it like in front of his door. And he goes, oh, I'll get it from here. I'm good. <laughs> And she goes, oh, no, I got it. And she carries it right in. He gets inside. He's dapping his head with the <laughs> towel. And he's like, winded and just done, you know. I thought it was the best thing. And she's just like. That's awesome. Yeah. It was, to me, it was great. It's great. It is. It just shows the difference, you know, with between humans and. How much stronger they are. Yeah. They are extremely strong. We'll, we also about, find out we'll, that, we'll talk about more. Yeah. There's a lot more of that stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, we, you know, even in this episode, we find out that a newcomer bashed the head in. I mean, physically punch. punched the guy in the back of the head and pushed his skull into and his brain. And they use UV light for yes. That was something that I just noticed. I never noticed that before. They use UV light to yeah to boost up their energy because uh, George is in it and and Susan Mc he gets out and Susan makes a comment about you know you're cranky or something. You need your you don't UV. get enough UV light and then. Buck is leaving. He bucks one scene. He's in for like yep, 20 for two, seconds. Yep. Going camping. Going camping, yes. And she's like, I need your energy. You know, get some get UV. UV. And then it's also in the in the planetary, the guy's office. George is sitting down. There's a UV light mm. on him, and she's talking back and forth. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that was a thing. So I don't know. If, what is that like a... You know how you know we use I don't know I'm, you know enhancement no, just, type of drug is that what I, is I mean that? I, I don't know vitamin D maybe from the sun is that makes them strong though I mean they make but them, I don't make them strong but it just it helps gives them energy and it's just what they need yeah it's like a supplement you know, yes it's like a supplement there we go they there need go. It, more UV so that was interesting to find out I don't know if it leads to anything but it was just an interesting little another tidbit about the alien so, culture what, what's up with Matt Sykes and his Don Johnson outfit from that was uh, awesome I soon I mean I thought it and Michael looked at me and he's like what's up with his outfit and I'm like <laughs> I was just thinking the same thing it was definitely Don Johnson oh my gosh yeah the nice plain t-shirt with the jacket the yeah, little coat jacket like dress jacket plaid type blue. I don't yeah. know what it was but it was, yeah it looked just like I'm like it's like Don Johnson Miami Vice style yeah. you know Yep. And he's never worn that. Never That's the thing. I've never seen it. That's why I think it just caught our attention. Yeah, like, yeah. It was just. It was. It was just. He looked good. It was just so different, different. than you Not know. Because like the next one, he's wearing this paisley pink top, yeah. which he couldn't you get know? into that. Yeah, the club. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You can't get the club with that. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, but overall, it was just a really good episode. And of course, Matt finally, after he struggles with the whole party scene with Kathy, he's he's actually tearing up, and he's just so upset at himself, and that's just the situation. He kicks a trunk a few times uh, to get out of his frustration, and then you see him take the key, and he walks yeah. up to it and opens uh, it. Opens it, yeah. Um, and then when later when Kathy comes to apologize, she sees photos 
of him as a kid with his uncle. Uncle Jack. And she just adores photos because obviously she doesn't have anything like that in her life because they they're were slaves. Ship. Yeah, they're on a ship. And, you know, and, and they're taken from their family at 10 and put to work. So, I mean, they have miserable lives. So she just loves seeing him. She sits on the couch with them and Matt actually starts crying and starts talking to her. And Is that you? Oh, yeah. My uncle had some old photos. I haven't seen him in years. May I? Sure. I love looking at old family pictures. Where were these taken? Oh, Detroit mostly. That's where I grew up. Also in L.A. You were so lucky to have these. Yeah. Uncle Jack. Is that your Uncle Jack? Yeah. He's in the Merchant Marines. Like, he used to let me wear his, his peacoat. Oh, I love that coat more than anything in the world. You were very close with him. Here, look it. He left that to you? Oh, this is ridiculous. After all these years, you know. I lived with my Uncle Jack off and on whenever my old man got out of line. But old Jack was a sailor. And one day he took off. I never forgave him for leaving me behind. I never called. Never answered any of his letters. What a dumb kid, huh? <laughs> just, just wish I could have said goodbye. This it's episode, very strong episode. This episode was all. Gary Graham. It was a strong episode. It, all Matt. Yeah, yeah it, it was, was all his backstory. It's a softer side than Matt, which I thought was fantastic because it actually humanizes him more. You know, he was always a good character, but this definitely fills him out a little bit well, more. Well, especially sticking up for George, you know. He stuck up with George every single every time. Someone, anytime he got more pissed off than George. Right. George, but George is used to it, so he just lets things roll off his back. But not Matt. But Matt's like, no. man, yeah. really? Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for him to hit everybody. I saw I was waiting for him to punch everybody. He probably would have. You know, the Asian guy for sure thought I was going to get oh, smacking. He needed, yeah, he needed but, to be uh, smacked. <laughs> Like, yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. But I like Matt. That's another reason why I like Matt. Matt's just a good guy. He's yeah. Great. Yeah. This episode really let Matt shine, and just like George in last episode. Yes, Matt, Matt in this episode. episode. It's was... just I I really enjoyed that, and you know I I love the you know everyone knows I'm a big Kathy and and Matt fan. Matt fan. So this is just flirting was going in. I mean, it's just very touching. He was able to open up to her. He felt he trusts her, which I'm sure he doesn't trust anybody he did tell george earlier about his uncle and right you know because george kept pressing him and pressing him and finally he just kind of lost it and george understood and he was very sweet and nice about it and the kathy and his and his tension they were in the laundry room um and they're doing laundry yeah and their clothes are mixed and she pulls oh, up the, right. like is what are these bathing sh- you know is this your bathing suit and it says it's boxers it's underwear it's like god no that's, that's, that's not bad. <laughs> and then he pulls up like a nice lingerie yeah oh i saw that in the window i had it again he goes uh, uh here you go <laughs> you can see it it's just starting to slowly yeah. 
Are those swimming trunks? No, they're, you know... Uh... All right. Oh, do you like that? I saw it in a catalog. I couldn't resist. Very nice. Uh, I gotta get to work. Yeah, I you love know, that the fact that they two. that they're doing this really slow. How they build it up is yes, nice. it's definitely instead of it's, it's not that, instant, right? It's definitely you know, and we know because we've seen the series that it definitely builds over Progresses, yeah. the entire season. You know their relationship, um, but yeah, it's such a such a great combination between those two. You know, and then there's another scene that I really like with Matt, and this is after they already had their heart to heart, and he's already kind of sobbed a little bit. She wants to introduce him to her family pictures right so she goes to the roof and shows the stars and you know different uh, constellations yes and that's her mom and that's his that's her dad and that's her and those are her family pictures because she doesn't have anything right to which look was at. cool which is so good because that was something personal to her that she was sharing he because he just got done sharing opened up to her stuff. right can i show you something the slave ship we were with our parents until we were 10 and then we were taken away from them sometimes to another workstation sometimes to another planet we never saw them again a quarter of a million of us on that ship and somehow the rumors still filtered back about a family member who'd been shipped to a mining colony or to another workstation another ship or someone who died or been killed by the overseers. We never really knew for sure. See that constellation? Orion? That's my father. Standing watch, protecting me when I was too exhausted to move. Cassiopeia, the queen. My mother. With a dignity that no one could take away from her. The swan. I forget what it's called. That's me. When I was still a girl. Before I was taken away from the people I loved. These are my old photographs. So it was just a nice mutual kind of thing. This, you know, you you share with me, I'm gonna share with you. Yep. Um, and of course, which leads to the end scene. But we don't need, We can keep continue to talk. I'm just gonna go <laughs> to the end scene now because it ties in with this one. At right. the very end, he has his uh, Uncle Jack's telescope set up and there's a big bow on it and it's for Kathy to see her pictures her family closer, closer yep yes and of course so there's a great moment between it, those two and keep your eyes closed okay <laughs> okay yeah, almost now it isn't as good as being there maybe it'll do for now open your eyes it's for you it's my uncle's Matt I, I... listen I knew the guy pretty good. If he was around, he'd give it to himself. Thank you. I remember when I was a kid, 
Looking up in the sky with him, feeling so small. There's so many stars, Kathy. So many suns and so many planets. Yes. I often ask myself, why is it? How is it that we ended up here? <laughs> we all ask ourselves that. But you were born here. This is your home. You know, my uncle spent his whole life traveling. When you'd ask where he called home, he'd point right here. Why don't you take a closer look at your family photos? It's good. It's it is, so it good. It's just a great <laughs> like, ending for the good. episode. Yeah, it's really, really good. An another one of my favorite parts, um, the old good cop, bad cop. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know how you can forget how to, that how one. You, you want to go? I go ahead. Great. You want to do no, it? No, no, no. You brought it up. Yeah. You talk I, about let it. Let me tell you. It man. was so good. There's this guy that, I oh gosh, the... He was the lead. He was like the president of the inner... Interplanetary, yeah. He's like a Puritan also. Right. A purist. Why do they keep saying Puritan? I have no idea. Let's get this right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Purist. Purist. Yeah, he's a purist also. But, um, so they're grilling him, right? And they're scaring him, you know, in the beginning. And then, well, no, the fun, well, they, first thing, George right. comes bursting through the door. They talk to him. It's no, so they, they, well, Here's what happened. The backstory <laughs> to this is they're doing research and the guy's saying, oh, I know a lot of people on this campus. You know, this tower gentleman yes. dies after a discovery of this, you know, blip or whatever you yeah. want to call it. So they call him, they talk to him, and he's like, oh, no. And then it clicks to him. He knows more than what's going on. So yeah. then the scene opens up. <laughs> George just tears his door open. You know, and Matt's like, like hold him back. back. And, and it's the good cop, bad cop. Yeah. And George is just, I mean, it's just awesome. And Matt's face, you know, George, I'm going to eat your face. I'm going to break <laughs> your leg. And, and Matt's like, whoa, dude. You know, and then he's actually pushing on Matt to get to him. And Matt's like, stop, you're hurting me. You know, because he's actually, he's forceful. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. And, and then he punches this guy's desk, and I mean, puts a dent and Big shatters old, his yeah. glass. Yeah. And then and Matt's like, "You're gonna have to pay for that desk." After they, you know, they rough him up a little bit. And Matt gives him a card, going, "Call me if you, yeah, you know, yeah. I can't." You know. So he goes, "Really? I just barely tapped it." <laughs> yeah. Don't, what are you? Don't, don't. You're a scum. George, you're already on probation. I don't care. George. Somebody called Tower from this office thirty minutes before he was killed. That somebody was you. You can't do this. Get him away from me. George, there's already one guy in a wheelchair because of you. It's not right. First, I will break your leg. It wasn't me. And then I will eat your face. It wasn't me. Please. George, George, wait. You're saying somebody else made the phone call? Yes. Uh, no, I, I made the call, but I didn't kill him. Then who did? My God. That is plenty of time to make sure that he is in his office and then drive over and kill him. George, don't hurt I called to see how he was doing. We were friends. I called him all the time. Check with the phone company. You talk with Tower all the time, and yet you don't know what he was working on? Let me at him! George! Please. George, you're hurting me. Oh, sorry. Look, Carl, you're the closest thing to a murder spec we got right now. I happen to think you're innocent. I think you're working with some overseers who killed Tower. The trouble is, my partner doesn't think that. 
Please help me out. Tell me who it was. I can't control him. Please, call me, huh? Please. Come on, get out. Get out. Get out. Just a great scene, though. Oh, that right? scene was great incredible. Scene. Yeah. I laughed. It just because it was so different. Could you expect Matt to be that? To be the crazy one. And George was so over the top, <laughs> but the guy was so terrified. He didn't notice that he was... <laughs> Going, and Matt's face was just priceless. Yeah, because yeah, his because expressions every were, reaction to George. Like, what is he doing? I'm like, that's new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was just so over the top. Oh, it's such a great scene. Yeah, that's definitely was a highlight. Another. There was so many great. There's so much happened in this. The Francisco's gonna have a baby. That that's the other. That's right. Another storyline with whole. You know, Emily saying, "Oh, these are childish clothes. I don't want these anymore. You know, I want more adult stuff." Yeah, can I? And so it goes to another scene of Susan. Yeah, it goes to a scene with Susan folding up all of Emily's old baby stuff or kid stuff, right? Packing it up because it can't be used anymore, and she's you know she just. She's reminiscing and well, and also too with George, you know, looking at the stars a lot, wanted to, you know, I want to call that star my home. He wants to know where oh, his yeah. home's he wants at. To know where he's from. And and Susan's thinking, you know, let's have this child. It'll bond us to this planet because Earth is our home. This yeah. is where we're going to be. Yeah. So let's have this child. And- you know, I've been thinking. What? Well, maybe we should have another child. A child born here. A child. Of this earth. Are you sure you want to bring a child up in this world? (laughs) Our future, our people's future is here, George. Susan, do you realize what this would mean? An infant, all that work. I know, and two days ago I couldn't wait to get Emily and Buck out of the house, and now I want another baby. You're just starting a job. George, I only have three more cycles left. We won't have another chance after that. I don't know, maybe it's a crazy idea. No. The kids, they're growing up so fast. They'll be gone before we know it. Well, maybe I've forgotten what it was like, you know? We've both gotten used to our freedom and all those sleepless nights. Don't forget the incubation time you'll have to put in with the pod. <laughs> it could be easier this time we have a house. It could be good for the whole family. <laughs> what decision? We don't have to decide today. And they think about it, and she goes, only have three cycles left, which I don't know how many years or whatnot that is. But she only has three cycles left, so they're not, you know... Three more years. Right, so they have a decision to make, and uh, I guess towards the end of the episode, he said, let's Let's have a baby. So So they're going to have... So that's why my brother and I were saying this this episode's so difficult to keep track, because it it goes so much. There's so much information. Right. let alone, like we were talking about at the very beginning, they send a message out to deep space. Right. <laughs> to, and having a baby. So yeah. you got, you got mean, literally extreme. There's a lot of stuff <laughs> happening and the racial stuff that's happening. Yeah, and yep. there's just so much. And the whole Matt opening up. I mean, there's so many character moments in this one episode. With, with, with in, Matt in this 44 minute episode. And, and George and yes. Susan. And so much stuff. Emily growing, wanting yeah. to grow up It's now. not just one big, there is one big story, but there were so many little intricate parts with Which it. made it a little more difficult. To, uh, to review, yeah. That's why, if, you were, if we're all over the place in this episode, yes. we apologize. Yeah, I, I'm just, I'm so excited about this episode right. and there's just so much stuff. And but, I think we covered almost every aspect of it. But those of you who have seen it, you'll understand. Oh, yes. <laughs> you'll go, you'll go I know why those those guys yeah. are there. <laughs> yeah. Because it it's just an incredible episode. Good. It's, it's so really good. good. Yep. So good. You didn't sleep very well. Your thorax was grumbling all night. Sorry. George? 
Looking through that telescope, it was so beautiful. I forgot what else was out there. What if the overseers find us? Well, then we'll fight them. And we'll have everyone on Earth fighting with us. Are you so sure? I have to believe it, George. This world is our home now. All right, it's time for some behind the scenes. Ooh, we got some behind the scenes. We do. Joel Polis played Dr. Windsor in the episode of Fountain of Youth. Joel Polis was actually Carl Peterson in this episode. So he played two characters, two different characters. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, very, very cool. See, he learns something new every day. (laughs) Joe Manowski, who wrote this episode, served as story editor on Star Trek The Next Generation, as well as Star Trek Voyager. Yay! Those are my favorites. Okay. (laughs) I'm glad you read that. Yeah. Okay. You know, for all you people out there, I'm not a big Star Trek fan. I like Star Wars. I'm a huge Star Wars fan, but I like Star Trek Next Generation. I'm good with that. I love them both. I was very excited. And it makes sense, because it's such a good, powerful... Oh, here we go. See, now it's such powerful... It had to be a Star Star Trek It had to be a Star Trek writer. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Here's another one. Sending the signal out into deep space was a nice tribute to Kenneth Johnson's other sci-fi hit, V, in which the Resistance sends a a hopeful signal out to the visitor's enemies. Yeah, asking for help. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, remember that in the last of the original like, oh V episode. Gosh, I forgot all yeah, about that. Yeah, so that's that. a little... The signal kept going out, and they said, hopefully someone hopefully will Hopefully someone will, yeah. Like I said, unlike V, uh, we actually get a resolution to this plot line in the TV movie Dark Horizons, which is the first of the Alienation TV movies. Which were really which is technically excited. what they call season two. Because there were five of them. It should have been. I, I'm yeah. still upset that they canceled. This should be still going today. <laughs> okay. But we will be reviewing those in the future. Yes. But the, uh, I just love that, that they actually brought that little aspect from that from this episode. And that's what the basis of... But there's more VA always in this, Ken. The beginning with the, the, the planet. Well, yeah, but I'm just, I just thought... I can put it in V little... episode. Hey, I've seen that on <laughs> Alienation. I think it's, well, no, that's it's what, great. That's what I you know. get for it's having great. You know, the, the creator of both Ken Johnson, genius. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Yep. And that's it for our behind the scenes. Dr. Myers, Dr. Sergius from the board of the IIC, Professor Peterson sent me. He said to? He couldn't come himself. This is the message he'd like transmitted. I, I don't understand. Of course, Professor Peterson didn't tell you. We'd like you to make contact with the probe when it clears the sun and send this message. I'm not authorized to transmit. I'll have to confirm this with him. There really isn't time. Is it locked onto the probe's coordinates? Locked on to the probe's coordinates. Yes. Access the transmitter. All right, so we have one newcomer fun name. It was John Barrymore. Is it related? To, is he related to Drew Barrymore? Very good. Ah, hey, winner! <laughs> he actually was an American actor uh, of stage and screen. His first gain to fame was the handsome stage actor in a light comedy, then a high drama accumulating in a groundbreaking portrayal of Shakespearean plays Hamlet and Richard III. 
His success continued with motion pictures in various genres in both the silent and sound airs. Today, John Barrymore is known mostly for his roles in movies like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde from 1920, Grand Hotel from 1932, Dinner at Eight, 1933, 20th Century, 1934, and Don Juan, 1926. And as Michael mentioned, he's also the parental grandfather of Drew Barrymore. Ah, I see. I knew there was some relation. Yeah, That's par- kind of cool. He's part of the Drew, uh, the Barrymore clan. Yeah. See, it wasn't for him. Drew would not be here. It's <laughs> <is> true. <laughs> so we have him to thank for That's it. That's right. Nice. Without him, no Gertie. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a shame. That's right, all you E.T. fans out there. So uh, as you probably already know, I love this episode. <laughs> okay, wait, I forgot. One to ten, ten being best. Ugh, I give it. You gave it eight point five last episode, which you loved. I gave it eight. You gave it eight point five. Okay, that's right. I give this one a nine. Wow. See, I'm opposite. I'm going to give it like like a seven and three quarters. <laughs> Let me tell you, the only reason why is because it, it was all over the place. It was hard for me to really follow it. It really was. You know, I, I, there was so much going on, and even with you know, at the end of the episode, I go, "Ken, you're going to take the lead on this because man, there is just so much going on. I'm trying to. There's just a lot. It's a, it's everything. a lot going on. It's a, yeah. an episode you have to watch a few times to actually. Okay, get. I'll give it eight and a half. Again. <laughs> okay, eight and a half, eight and a half. I take it back. <laughs> All right, you can find Alien Nation Podcasts all over the internet. We have a Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash Podcast. You also can reach us at Twitter at Alienation Cast. Yes, and you can do my personal Twitter at GeekyFanboy. You can do my personal Twitter at MasterJedi1975. That's right. So uh, drop us a line, follow us, and say hi to us. We also have a website, which is AlienationPodcast.com. You can go there. You can find all our show notes. Uh, anything, plot descriptions, the, I mean, I put almost everything on there. So definitely check it out. So we're not hiding anything. Stop by and leave us a comment. Yes, comments. If you have any thoughts on this episode or you just want to drop us a line or... Yeah, we love getting comments from people. You know, you can reach us at uh, alienationpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, and we love getting stuff. So if you guys want to send us we're starting. We're starting to see it. I've, I've seen... Uh, I got it. We have a question. We, we definitely have... Yeah, we've been getting uh, comments on our Facebook page. Yep. And we're getting tweets. And so it's fun. It's fun to see uh, so we're very, our listener audience growing. So And I'm very happy that you guys are listening because we enjoy doing it. I mean, <laughs> my brother it. really we enjoys would do, it. We would do it regardless. If, if nobody is had, listening. Yeah. I mean, even if we had our 10 listeners, we would do it. But our numbers have been steadily growing uh, every podcast. And it's just so good that word's getting out there that there is an alienation podcast and the old school fans are finding it and uh, really enjoying it. So, uh, But speaking of reviews... We uh, on iTunes, you can leave us reviews, and if you leave us a review there, that actually throws us into charts. All right, so that's going to do it for this episode of the Alienation, the Newcomer Podcast. But before we go, always remember 
When moving something heavy, do not call Detective Matt Sykes. <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> See you guys. Thanks. You still thinking about that case? No. Something else. But you and me and our new child. Our new child. I may dream of our planet, but you're right. This is our home now. This strange, wonderful Earth. A child will bond us to it. Yes. Hey guys, I'm Kenny. And I'm Teal. And we're here today to talk about a brand new companion cast for a fantastic new web series called My Gimpy Life. My Gimpy Life is loosely based on my life and the awkward situations I encounter being an actress with a disability in Hollywood. Yes, and I'll be on set every day bringing you live interviews from cast and crew members. So stay tuned for the brand new companion cast for My Gimpy Life. Bye. Do you love music? Have you found yourself saying this? You know, popular music just doesn't have enough Star Trek or sci-fi references. Ain't got no Kirk, ain't got no Spock, just some Romulans to fight. Cause we're TNG on Saturday night. TNG, we're out of sight. Well, you're in good company, and you're in luck, because now you can have your great music and geeky references by simply going to StarTrekParodies.com. Yep, that's right. I was tired of waiting around for my favorite artists to write Star Trek songs, so I borrowed their music and I made it myself, and now you can enjoy it for free. Check out hits like Another One Becomes Us. Another One Becomes Us. Another one becomes us. And another one droned, another one droned, another one becomes us. Hey! Or life is just a holodeck. Can't you see what this holodeck is doing to me? Life is just a fantasy. Can you live this holiday life? Ship in a bottle. And humans playing Dom Jai. Humans playing Dom Jai. So suffer no longer, my geeky friends. There's finally a place for us on the internet. It's called StarTrekParodies.com. It's free, it's fun, and more importantly, you can geek out and have a great time. So beam on over to StarTrekParodies.com. I'm Rick Moyer, and I invite you personally to come jam with me. Live long and prosper. We will, we will spark you. It's been called the best sci-fi fandom documentary since Trekkies. Four stars, says Brian Orndorff of DVDTalk.com. Costume, gaming, comics, collecting, and everything else in between. If you're a fanboy, you've gotta see Pegworms. The geeks shall inherit the Earth. Well, there's still the stereotype out there that we're a bunch of geeks who live in our parents' basements. 35-year-old living in the mom's basement, yes. 
Uh, that's the typical stereotype. I'm in my mid-30s and I still read comics and I tell people that I read comics and they look at me sideways. You know, I don't volunteer that I played D&D because, you know, people do sometimes look at you like, hmm. Today I'm dressed up as a Jedi Knight. Jedi Knights are the uh, guardians of peace and justice and uh, in a time like this I think we need uh, more of them. A lot of us are geeks who live in our parents' basements, but, you know, we're harmless. We don't walk around with uh, propellers on top of our hats. It's not really anything to be ashamed about. Yes, I make lightsabers in my basement. I don't care who knows. We do it because we like it, not as much as because somebody else likes it. If they want to have fun, dress up as a Klingon, why not, you know? You may think I'm a geek or a loser, but I'm having fun at it. It's, it's what makes me happy, and, I, you know, I, I could be spending my money on crack. Ordinary, common, average, run-of-the-mill, these are synonyms for, for normal. Who the hell wants to be average? I know that I'm a loser, I know that I'm a geek, but it makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> Alien Nation, the Newcomers Podcast, is a geeky fanboy production and has a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, works 3.0, United States license, all rights reserved. Hello and welcome to the Alien Nation, the Newcomer Podcast. We have Eric Pierpoint as a tortive <laughs> Jeffrey Josephs Jo was that Joseph Jo Josephson 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 Okay Matt really is distant distant Matt is really distant Oh my God George and Sykes suspect is an overseer who intends to signal to God I want to do without screwing up.